Welcome to the Practice X Factor, the place to be for mastering membership plans for your business. Here, you'll learn exactly how to grow your patient relationships and accelerate your profits without getting stuck on the dental insurance bandwagon. Welcome to another episode of the Practice X Factor, and we're back this episode to share with you some more tips on really boosting the membership aspect of your practice and uh, have a really cool, um, unique, uh, and, and really valuable guest today, which is Flint Geyer from the Scheduling Institute. So welcome, Flint. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, we, you know, I like to have a – I'm a big, like, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a high, quick start Colby kind of guy, so I like, uh, you know, pictures and colors and and graphics and bullet points and those kind of things. And, um, you know, I, I was really happy that you're willing to come on the show and honored to have you guys because you guys really are the expert as far as anything goes with, with phones. And obviously you do a lot more than that too, but really, um, you know, when it comes to having good data on phones, like with my own team in the office, you know, if something comes up, I'm like, hey, look, you know, Scheduling Institute has – really a lot, you know, millions, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of calls that they can account for on, you know, this one point or whatever it is. So really great to have you here. Um, love to have, have data there. So um, share, share with, our, with our listeners a little bit, if you would, about you and kind of your journey and, and your role with the Scheduling Institute. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny, uh, just as you were even explaining that, right, talking about all the data that we do have on the phones, it's it's interesting because you'll have listeners, and uh, for some of you listening, you, you may be familiar with the Scheduling Institute. Some of you may have uh, a, a perception maybe of what you think it is that we do, and it's it's funny when you're in the marketplace for as long as we have been, and you, you get to build this really fascinating laboratory of offices, team members, doctors, and, and kind of just observe the marketplace like that. We've been able to do a lot of really cool stuff. And really where, where I fall into it, if you have been following us, you'll recognize uh, the last name Geyer and Jay Geyer, who is my father, started the Scheduling Institute back in 1997. And it was really around this core principle that whether you're marketing, whether you're not marketing, whether you are the greatest clinical producer that there is, and I know you guys talk a lot about obviously increasing those capacities, um, but at the end of the day, there's only one avenue that almost every single new patient comes to your business through, and that's, that's through the telephone. And so we've really been working that aspect of the business, that first point of contact, that, that intake piece for, you know, the existence of the company and have built onto things a lot over time, whether it be team training and coaching. But what's been really rewarding in, in my actual journey with it is, you know, I didn't plan on coming to work here. I... Uh, played football in college, went to Cornell University, studied finance and entrepreneurship, and you know the Wall Street deal. That was, you know, if you're in, if you're in the business school at Cornell, that's pretty much where you have to go. Uh, all my roommates ended up there, and what was fascinating was about halfway through my time at Cornell, I I had an opportunity to get a little bit more involved in, you know, what is the journey that we're witnessing clients go on, um, and you know it goes m much beyond 
that first piece, which I'm excited to talk about today. But you know, when, when that flip switched of, you know, you're not just impacting the person who answers the phone. It's it's the doctor. It's their teams. It's it's the community they serve, and obviously, Dr. Williams, you you get to see this, and from what I've seen, it looks like you have a, a number of great examples of how the things you do to work on your business have that positive impact on your team members, your patients, and ultimately, the community. And so that was a huge draw for me. And so out of school, I, you know, I decided, you know what, I, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to come home, if you will, and it was, I was happy to get out of the Northeast. It's not that nice dry cold like you guys have out in Utah, <laughs> um, but you know, I had a really fascinating uh, experience right off the bat being one of our on-site trainers, and so we've got about 50 team members who are traveling full-time. We'll do about 300 in-office trainings a month, and it gave me an opportunity to be in you know, three or four offices each and every week, uh, all across the country. We do so internationally as well. And when I talk about that laboratory, it's you've got these team members who are in hundreds of offices over the course of their first few years. And it's funny, I was listening to one of your previous episodes, and I think it was Dr. Ferran mentioning the number of offices that he has been into, right? How, how, what do you think that number is for the average dentist? Oh, the, the average, like, say someone like me, how many other offices have I been in? Yeah. Probably, like, just a small handful. I mean, not not as much as we should do, you know? Right, and it, it's so interesting because, you know, we'll, we'll go in and we'll get to have a conversation. And uh, the lens, almost, that a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, have is one to maybe five offices. And so the really fun, unique piece about doing that is you get to see it all sizes, shapes, different towns, et cetera, uh, and how people are doing things right and wrong in all those areas. Um, but really it comes down to the same first place that they all get to talk to you. So after I did that, I moved over into our uh, new member acquisitions team, and which, which was a great experience. Um, really just helping doctors find the right mix of services. And now I'm running our really foundational membership. So the stuff we're going to talk about today when it comes to the phones, the really original value proposition, the original uh, thing that we brought into the marketplace back in 1997 is where I spend all of my time, which is really rewarding and fun for me because, you know, I, I remember when it was uh, in the basement, right? There just mounds of cassette tapes in the basement of our house um, into now what is uh, we've been fortunate enough to win the county choice for practice management and consultant for, I think, 11 years in a row now and have some really beautiful facilities for our clients to enjoy that are not the basement of the house. <laughs> so right. um, excited to be on here and kind of share a little bit about uh, some of those foundational things that we've been we've been talking about for a long time. That's really cool. I, I uh, You know, you bring up a good point because I've had a couple – old crowns and fillings and stuff I was getting replaced lately. And I've been intentionally scheduling them with different doctors, different dental offices, you know, some I know well, some I don't know so well, just because for exactly what you said is like, you got to get out of your own space sometimes Absolutely. and just see it. And it, it's eye opening for me because they're, every time I learn something, so I'm like, just, you know, whatever I'm paying them to get that procedure done, 
because I don't want to freeload off my friends or, or colleagues is, is worth it in multiples because of what I get to observe the office staff doing, the doctors doing, their workflow, things that I'm maybe beating myself up about our office that are like, hey, we're not actually doing too bad because oh, like they're kind of dropping the ball yeah. on here. You know? It gives you both sides of it. And, you yeah. know, in- interestingly enough, um, cause obviously we look at it through the lens of, okay, even in the context of this podcast, right? So I'm sitting in an audio booth right now, and there's a chair across from me, and and you know this is this is not anything new or radical, but you know when we have this conversation, and I'm sure you do the same thing, you almost want to be able to say, all right, well there's you and there's me, and then there's there's that patient, and how is everything that we're doing affecting that person? And so even my father will he will try and find the worst to run down practice he can <laughs> if he moves to a new town because there's so much valuable information and things mm. to learn that, I mean, we do it because we're in the business of it, but I think it's an extremely valuable learning experience for, for any doctor. Well, it sounds like, you know, your experience was really like, hey, uh, I'm going to go the Wall Street Avenue when you're in college or you kind of go the main street Avenue and, mm-hmm. and the difference is the wall street Avenue, you got to please shareholders and right. um, even, even corporate dentistry is a lot that way. And not that we're, uh, you know, kicking down corporate dentistry. It has its place, but it's definitely much more about pleasing shareholders where you guys teach us about pleasing your client, your customer, your future patient, your existing patient. Right. And that's really what feeds the practice. And uh, I think, I mean, I'm always amazed at how practices will undercut or self-sabotage um, how much things cost to get done. You know, dental work's not cheap, but, you know, even just the way the doctor speaks about, hey, your insurance doesn't cover this, or, hey, this is going to cost a lot, unless you really don't want the patient to choose that as an option. I mean, there's there's a way to word that, in my experience, is if I, if I really kind of want to steer the patient away from an option that really isn't a good fit, you might use that as, as a technique, but, you know, we just undercut and cut our own legs out. And I think, man, dentistry is so valuable because, yeah, some of this stuff costs as much as a car, but it might last you a lifetime. And everybody else is turning their car over every five years and getting a new one. Oh, yeah. You know? So it's $40,000 over and over and over again. It's like, man, a, you know, a nice smile. You can't really put a price tag on that, but it's, uh, you know, something that can last a lifetime. Yeah, you um, really... I, you're I, sorry, not to interrupt you. I think you're totally right, and I've heard you say a couple times, you know, when you're selling dentistry and people have such a negative connotation around sales, but you're right. It might be the same as a car, but how valuable is, you know, an entirely new self confidence? I mean, that is me. Yeah, well, and that's the whole thing with you know why why I think memberships are so helpful because. You know, when everything's based on the insurance model, the problem is dentistry, for the most part, costs a lot less than than most procedures in medicine. I mean, I I always just think, man, if you were to go have a tooth taken out, that's maybe a few hundred dollars in the dental office. You might hit a four-figure number if it's bone grafting and an implant or something. But I just think, man, if you had that done in a hospital, it'd probably be three to four times that, and it's all because they're playing that third-party game. And so the, the challenge in dentistry is we have to, demonstrate the value more than in a lot of hospital systems where it's like, well, this is just where the insurance told me to go. I'm here. Uh, I might be having a mediocre experience. 
the doctor might be the most socially awkward person and can't even talk to me straight, but I see his 98 certificates on the wall. So I'm just saying, oh, this seems good enough. Where in, in dentistry and even certain areas of, you know, elective medicine, you know, LASIK eye surgery, those kind of things, you have to really kind of show that value to your patient. And I remember years ago, you guys sent us one of those CDs. You probably still send them and it's like, you know, Dr. Williams, are your ears burning or something like that? And of course my ears were burning, you know, so it worked. I remember putting that in. It was like, you scored a zero out of five. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I remember a, a call came in, and it, this is when I just started out. I had like one, maybe two team members. And I remember grabbing a call, being like, okay, I'm going to really pay attention to what this lady's saying. I'm going to give her my best, most detailed response. And it was like, eh, got another zero. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what's going on? But once I really understood it was so eye-opening because the whole the whole response is, you know, pe- people ask, like, you probably have better data on it, but it's like there's a small handful of questions that people ask, and it's really not about what you're saying it even as much as how you say it and how you're, 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 you're spinning that question to make it, how am I giving value to this caller? Like, why do they want to? see me and you know when people ask these questions like well how much does this cost or you take my insurance it's opening that up to hey yeah you know how'd you hear about our office here I mean that's just magic because it just softens that and I just see when when I'm teaching my own team members how to do that it just like starts to make it about the person and the relationship and and that that wins every time so can you share with us you know people listening some data because I you know I'm really yeah, I love doing absolutely. these podcasts, sharing it with my friends who are really maybe thinking, oh, man, it's, you know, do I need to sell my office to a corporate practice or should I try to model after a corporate office? And to me, it's like, you know, if you make a really valuable membership-driven practice, you can really shine. But share with us, like you said, I mean, what, what percentage of, of contacts are still coming through phone? I mean, we all think everything's going to text and automated responders and email, but at least in my office, it yeah. seems probably 90% are still through the phone. What What are you seeing, you know, happening you know, I, there and, and I changes? Think, I think what you just said is a really fantastic point. And so, uh, yeah, exactly. First thing we'll tackle is, all right, initial point of contact, right? Because obviously you're, you're into the marketing game, right, with that nice mix where, you know, you're doing mail, you're doing SEO, all that good stuff. And a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, are taking some of the things you guys have talked about and want to implement Right, because right, yeah, no, that all makes sense. Perfect. Absolutely, they move into town. We should absolutely go after those people. But what's fascinating is, <laughs> in every year that I have really been looking into this, it 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 gets less and less surprising. So when I first started, I I was convinced, you know, oh these these old numbers where we're saying ninety five percent of all new patients call before they come in, you know, that's gonna change, right? That is gonna be affected by the digital age. And to be honest, it really hasn't made a impactful change. I mean, you're still looking at 90% of new patients where even if they schedule online, they're still going to call in, right? People have so much angst and nervousness and fear around coming into especially a dental office. And I think because you know, some of your listeners are in the industry or maybe have grown up around it. That doesn't exist for them. But if you look up, like, the, peop- the <laughs> top three fears, 
Number one is public speaking. So if you can do that, you are like a superhuman, right? Uh, number three is death. And then number two is going to the dentist. And so we are, uh, to assume that online scheduling is going to make this radical shift, it, it, even if they got to 30% of all new patient calls, you're still talking about an enormous opportunity coming through the telephones. And so if you, really everything that we talk about breaks down into three key areas of how to grow a practice. And you guys touch on uh, a lot of things that fall into this, but it's number one, increase new patients because a certain percentage are going to leave every year. People are going to die. People are going to move. People are going to say, you know what, I just don't like that guy anymore. And there's nothing we can do about that. 10% of every human being is a little bit crazy. And so we have to be able to not only get more new patients through the front door, and that's the key piece. They need to actually walk in. They can't just call, right? Marketing is effective only when that person walks in the door. Up until that point, it's pretty much all loss. Because while people may know your name, if they call in, and essentially are turned away inadvertently, which we see happen really, really often, then we're paying someone to pick up the phone, we're paying somebody uh, to market to, get the call to come in, and none of that actually comes back as a return into your business. And when you were going through your nine pitfalls on, I think it was your uh, episode 26, uh, it was so fascinating. Not knowing the value of a patient, and not knowing your numbers. I think that is by far and away, if you, you could do a, a podcast every single week on that, I would imagine, because you know your numbers. And one number I want to talk about is that average value of a new patient. And so everyone who has a practice, right, anybody who is collecting money from patients and having new patients come in, if you just take your collections over a period, let's just say, a year and divide that by the same period of time, right? Divide out how many new patients, so collections divided by new patients, that should give you a number that is going to be a really important tool moving forward and figuring out every time the phone rings and there's a new patient on the line, what is at stake, right? And that's essentially the first, the first lesson that we want to teach anybody uh, even before where we engage with them is, hey, every single time someone calls into your business, you already have existing conversions of, you know, when they come in, are they going to stay, are they going to accept treatment? But the one that we put the least amount of focus on is actually when they call in, how many of them actually schedule? What is the conversion rate on new patient phone calls? And the easiest way to increase intention, increase uh, focus around something is to let someone understand what it's going to cost them to do it incorrectly. And so if you have that average value of a new patient, which for a general practitioner is somewhere around 2000 2500 you know, for your orthodontist, that's going to be closer to 4500 maybe uh, 4000 But it essentially says, if I can get that call to walk through the front door as a new patient, I can expect over their lifetime with me that amount. So let's say it's $2,500. So, Dr. Williams, how, you guys are open four or five days? Uh, four days. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. So you guys are open four days. 
And are are we answering phones on the fifth day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So what's crazy? And obviously you get this piece. In every other business in the world, we have to be there five days a week, or at least answer the phones. But for or some seven reason, sometimes. Or seven, right? Like, I mean, at least have phone support. We're like, hey, someone's checking the text message. I mean, stuff, something amazing stuff that trickles in on the weekend where you're like, if I just call that guy back, and and you know, there are some crazy people over the weekend too. So those happen, but for the most mm-hmm. part, it's like just to call someone back and go, hey, you know, I saw you had a toothache or whatever. How can we help? It just like. People are just like, oh my gosh, you called me on a Saturday. This is unbelievable. You know? Absolutely, but but the whole the, the crazy piece is, everybody else has to answer the phone in working American business hours. But for some reason, the industry's gotten away with it, and I think Howard had some really nice insights into why that happens. Um, but right, if you don't answer the phone for a full day in the work week, Monday through Friday, you're immediately kneecapping your business at twenty percent, and so like easiest thing you could possibly do pay somebody to answer the phones test it out if no one calls for 90 days fantastic maybe you don't have to do it but if you get two new patients maybe you get one new patient a week because you answer the phone and your average value of a new patient is $2,500 right you just made back 10,000 over time just by answering the phones and that's just picking it up right then we get into actually, all right, so we marketed. The person called the number. Team member picks up the phone. Think of it like a funnel. What happens in that initial point of contact? And so uh, I, I wanted to pull some data for you because I know you, you know, doctors like numbers. And so we have done, and this is just this year, Practices who have inquired and they want to see, hey, you know, how are how are we doing at the initial point of contact? What is the uh, at our intake process, right? How are we handling it when you compare it to hyper successful and effective teams and offices? And so, I pulled a study of about just under four thousand calls. So four thousand offices where we are trying to determine. You know, based on what we know to be effective, which essentially breaks down to be a welcoming greeting that is very concise, professional. You know, lets the pe- the patient know who they've called and where they where they've called, right? Instead of just doctor's office or something like that, which you hear still way too much. Um, and then effectively handling questions and answers, right? So making sure that not only do we respond to the question, but you're not oversharing and doing what you call verbal vomit because, again, you're talking to someone who is already anxious, who actually is looking for any opportunity not to schedule. And we just breeze past this, right? We just totally forget that that person is seeking out a reason not to schedule, but they already know they have a need. They have already researched providers. They have already picked you on the list on Google, and they're speaking with you, right? So all of those things have already occurred when any new patient phone call is just happening. But that is not how it gets treated. It is treated as if it is like, oh, man, I sure hope they schedule. You know, it's up to them. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Uh, They're just price shopping, right? They they don't actually want to come in. Um, I'm going to apply all of my incorrect 
monetary preconceived notions and how I think insurance is important, but maybe it's not to them, right? And just apply all of this garbage that's in my head on this patient because I don't know any other way. That doesn't well, just happen. Yeah, go ahead. That's, no, I was going to say, I mean, it's so interesting you say that because especially with newer team members, I notice our our default is kind of like, oh, this guy's asking a one-off question. And, and all of a sudden that, like, uh, initiative to get them into the chair, it, like, it just, like, panics at them. Oh, he's asking if we do this XYZ procedure here. Uh, I figured I better talk with the doctor about fully describing the procedure. And mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, if we do that, we may as well kiss him goodbye now. Absolutely. Scare the life out of him. You know, he's going to be like, what, well, you're going to put that in my mouth? Like, you know. And, the worst and thing you could do is describe what's going to happen to them when they come in. Because <laughs> no matter how pleasant it's going to be, it is going to sound terrible to the untrained ear, right? I mean, that's just the reality of the business that you guys are in. Um, well, and f- I mean, out of those 4,000 calls, it's probably just slight deviations of a handful of que- questions. You know, I, I was looking this, uh, the scientist I follow, he did this COVID study, and it was like 4,000 cases of study. Is why I'm thinking of this number you threw out here. It's 4,000 because mm-hmm. – um, there were 4,000 of them. He looked at, like, the the DNA on every one of those viruses, and every single one was slightly different, you know. And, and, and the point of this was why, you know, how the virus is evolving. But the point I bring this up is, you know, like 99.9% of that big, long DNA thing is the same. And it's like people are right. people aren't really – they're not really asking, like, do you take my insurance? They're thinking, I'm scared of the dentist. I might want to bring my family here, maybe for my friends. Uh, do I feel confident in your response? I mean, would Absolutely. you would you agree with that? It's almost like that's what they're asking when they're oh, saying, it, it uh, is. Do, you do, do you do white fillings? They're really saying, like, uh, I'm kind of scared. It's been a while. I don't want to feel judged. I want to feel comfortable. I want to know I'm calling the right place. Absolutely. And what's fascinating, too, is, you know, if you go across industry, you know, typically – you'll have a process for uh, determining what type of call it is. And really, if you look at a dental practice, there's only seven types of calls that come in, but new patients need to be the number one priority. So even in that example of, hey, do you do whitening? If you call me and ask if, I'm, if I do whitening, first thing I'm going to ask is, well, when's the last time you were in to see us? Because the answer, that's not Mrs. Smith calling in to see, hey, when I come back in, can I do whitening too? That's a potential $3,000 new patient. That's somebody who may need a lot of stuff who needs to find a new place that you need to be confident enough to say, hey, this is the right place for you, and we can get everything that you need to get taken care of done. And just making it easy for that person who has all kinds of anxiety and has probably some, you know, if they're at least 30 years old, they probably have one negative experience. That's the unfortunate truth that you have to kind of undo psychologically. But, you know, earlier when you were talking about the treatment presentation piece of it and being able to do that effectively, and so much of this is undoing the way people think innately and showing them that there's actually a a more correct way because you don't know what you don't know. And so once you handle the question correctly, then we really want to take control of the call, right? So call it the transition. It's that question you just mentioned of how do you hear about our office? You want the referral sources. But now, because I've asked you that question, I have full control. 
and then we're going to go into an effective close. And what was fascinating, um, <laughs> I'll get to the results of the 4,000, but in a sample of about 140 uh, non-clients who joined us at an event in October, one person offered an appointment out of 140. Wow. One person. Amazing. So we've had, we had 139 potential new patient calls where they were never actually offered a time to come in. We were running complimentary dental Q&A service lines. And I, I don't think that's what your listeners are looking for. Um, but that's the norm, right? So you want to be able to have, right, greet them nicely, answer the question, transition, close them, and then get the data no matter what happens. So whether they schedule or they don't, we're still gathering that information. Because like you mentioned about the that Saturday call, this is a $2,000, $3,000 opportunity for your organization, for your business, for your practice. And we're really just going to let that, let that go after one try? Where in every other industry, right, what is it, like 7 to 12 attempts? Yeah, 7 to and, well, and, and how much that bottom line brings. I mean, you know, you're, you were saying, hey, 2500 bucks, but I'm thinking about your office manager's already there, your assistant's already there, so that overhead's already there's paid. all kinds of sunk cost. It's like that twenty five hundred it's probably seventy to ninety percent's going right to your bottom line too, so it's not even just you know you might go well twenty five hundred on a monthly that's not a ton, but what if you go well twenty three hundred fifty of that's profit you know that's right. all of a sudden like boom, light comes on, you're going and, yeah we got it more often that. than not right because in that study um Let's see, we had 96% got a zero or a one, which wow. means in a zero, we actually have changed it probably since the first time we did it for you because so many people got upset by getting zeros. You can I only get a negative zero. one. That's probably why you had to change it. I was probably sub one. <laughs> so the only way you can get a zero is if we call during business hours, during the times that you have stated that you were open on the Internet, and we tried three times. Wild. I mean, you'll see stuff all the time. Thirty percent of the time, people call into practices, nobody picks up. Uh, there's a metric that we track where it's just is it handled by a person who can help, and that's happening, you know, uh, across the board at really, really not great rates. We're talking under seventy percent of the time is the person who can help that patient the one who picks up the phone, uh, and then, I mean, just picking up the phone at all is really drastic um, and it's just so much opportunity going going away for, for really no reason because if you take that $2,000 just let's say you lose one new patient a week because you know you're conservative and you're uh, you know you're a humble listener and you say alright well if 3,732 of the 3,879 right get a zero or a one there's a pretty good chance I might be in there too Let's just say you're losing out on one new patient a week. I mean, over the course of, what is that, so 4000 a month, uh, let's see, 4000 times 12, you're looking at, oh, I'm sorry, it's 8000 mental math. So it's almost $100,000 a year. And we're talking about a process that happens possibly at the highest repetition of anything in your business 
with new patients calling in. It happens every day, happens every week, happens every month. But it's happening probably 30 feet away, right? So I'm sure the first time you went through this, it was, are you, you kidding me? This is happening 20 feet away from me, and I had no idea that that's what was occurring or that's what and we then, potentially believe. And then we're all complaining that there's not enough crowns on our schedule and, oh, my gosh, <laughs> September's so slow and all oh, the holidays are here no one's calling. You're like, nope. When, my experience is the holiday, everybody's breaking teeth. I don't know what it is. They're out spending their money or eating what a, toffee. What a hard candy it's out like, there. It's like there, there are certain, you know, markets, things change a little bit, but, like, you know, December's been some of our best months. You know, some of years mm-hmm. have been, like, kicked butt in December. You know, it's just about how you approach it. But I'm just I'm just doing some math here on my handy calculator based on what you're saying because I'm taking all kinds of notes. Right? I'm going, okay, someone's listening to this, and they have – they have a million dollar a month a year practice and they're getting you know 25 new patients a month so that's 300 new patients a year if we take your formula and divide that 1 million by 300 you're going and each of those patients is worth 3333 dollars like mm-hmm. and let's let's reproduce that you know and all you got to do is is answer that phone and you know based on what what I've learned from scheduling institute and and for you know listeners is one thing that really helped me out is like it takes a while for your team members to understand like hey the phone's ringing like let's do a cartwheel backflip and grab that phone because that's who's paying your paycheck not me you know i always right. joke that with my team i'm like this is who's paying your paycheck really not me i just sign it but they're the one funding it and uh you know so well, if you're listening to this and you're implementing this what i do if i'm sitting there talking with a couple team members maybe having a quick meeting going to page and the phone rings I just reach my hand down, like the first ring's not even finished, and I grab that and follow this script, or I hand it to a team member, you know, and, and, I, and I, I don't answer the phones a lot. Once in a while, I'll do that just to kind of get a pulse on what's going on, because um, I think too many of us practice owners just kind of bury our heads in the sand and hope everything's going the way you want, but you've got to go, this is your investment, not your team's. Oh, yeah. you got to get them on board with what you're doing, and man, that's just like, a way to show good leadership so your team's like, okay, we get this. This is very important to him. If he sees me doing this, he's probably going to be pleased, and then there's probably more bonus opportunities or whatever. Absolutely, because if you don't take it seriously as a leader, and this, I mean, that goes for anything, right? Anything we teach. If we go in and we implement something into an office, we could pretty much tell before leaving whether or not they're going to get the intended benefit based on the engagement level of the doctor, right? And I mean, that's the thing. It's, but it's also a process that is so easy to learn that you can always lead by example when it comes to this one piece, right? And, it, and it, it's a process, and it's the beauty of it is once you get it into place correctly – you know, team members may change over time. Front desk is probably the highest turnover spot even before COVID. Um, but it's just maintaining that process and, and a standard, if you will, from that first point of contact. And that's really really the purpose behind everything we do. And I love what you said about how, you know, it's the patient that pays the paycheck. It's The patients don't just pay them. They don't just pay you, right? When it comes down to it, Everything that we put out there has to be good for that patient because the patient pays us all. And if it yeah, we, work, we do. We we do this thing. It's like um, you know, when we get a pay, when we get a bonus thing, it'll say like 
congratulations, you hit the gap, you know, because we closed the gap and whatever the goal was. And it's this business card has a picture of Michael Strahan smiling with a big gap in his teeth, you know, the NFL <laughs> player. And then it's like, here you go. But the thing, the thing I think it's cool, you know, I was just thinking about this when you're saying it, because we've done this is like, how often are we answering that phone? And, you know, if you've got someone listening to this, like you've got a college intern or even a high school student who wants to come in on Saturdays or evenings, like set something up where they answer phone calls. And it's amazing. People are calling at six, seven, you know, two doesn't break at a convenient time. Or we don't have a question, convenient time. And we have, you know, we have a, the phone system we use is Weave and there are others like this um, too. But, you know, if we miss a call, it'll automatically respond with a text that says, hey, we saw we missed your call. How can we help? And, and it's a good tool. It's helpful because we can just see the traffic coming out. But still, when that happens, it's like immediately, you know, every morning I'm always talking to the team, hey, if there were any missed calls that slipped through, we got to call them back. Like a text is fine. We've got to call them back. And, and I think the same goes through teledentistry. We, episode one, we had my friend Dr. Tanner Clark He's got like a teledentistry business because he works a lot with public schools and it has its place. But even, you know, when we're bringing up the patients still, they're kind of like, how are you going to do dentistry virtually? And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, it's for emergency kind of things. But it, 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 we start to think, oh, everything's changed so much. But it's like now the basic human need, just like you said, is they might schedule online, but they're still going to call and go, oh, by the way, um, I forgot to ask, do you take my insurance? And if you follow a really good consistent outline that's patient oriented like what you guys teach at the scheduling institute patients are like okay i feel confident this seems like someone who knows what they're doing this seems like a vibrant exciting happy exactly. office that's enthusiastic about dentistry not like you know mary sitting behind the desk like yeah yeah we take insurance yeah uh-huh uh, oh no he's not here that day just He's moaning and day. groaning eating a donut he, on the cell phone yeah you know i mean all I even, the good even stuff a, even the days I'm not in the office, you know, I'll have my team call me for the huddle when I'm available, and they first kind of, why the heck are we having a huddle? We're not seeing patients. I'm like, yeah, but look, we still got a collections goal today, and we still have a new patient's goal. So, like, I want to know how many leads came in because we have a little daily lead track, mm -hmm. and and we call them leads until they have actually, you know, butts in chair. And it's like, well, let's have a goal for how many leads because this is a a really good way to kick the week off, and and really rev that thing up. And uh, I think that's where, you know, these numbers you're saying that I'm, I'm writing all kinds of notes down here really, really just kick in. And when we look at it from a membership standpoint, um, I, like, I really like to follow Costco because I think they do a lot of cool things. They really know the value of their membership. And, and yeah. they're, you know, 80% of their profit comes from their memberships because essentially you're buying air just to step in the store and it maybe costs them a dollar to mail you a renewal card once a year. And and Costco compared to Amazon or even Target, their average revenue per employee is is like a, um, eighty to one hundred percent higher. Their profit per employee is double that of Amazon, Walmart, or Target, and they really know the value of their members. And so, if you're going, hey, twenty five hundred dollars is the average revenue per new patient. In that example you gave, you know what I want our listeners to think about is well, what about that patient who's like really got a major overhaul and they're referred to you and they're going to join your membership plan or in-house mm -hmm. plan, they might be worth two to four times that based on the data we have oh, in my office. It's, it's usually two to three times the value of an insured patient, which is amazing. Um, and, and you know what's crazy too? 
the mishandling of the initial contact is more of a turnoff for your right high expectation, self-pay, potentially membership, and I mean, luckily, if when they're referrals, you have a little bit of, of, of good grace from the person who referred them. But I mean, if we really mess that one up, you know, these are some really high, high-value patients who could be long-term uh, parts of your practice. But we, we just too, we get so focused on, well, what about the one person who's going to call in and complain about how we don't accept X, Y, or Z insurance? It's a completely right, right. wrong way to think about it. And half the time they're calling, what they want's not even covered anyway. You know, that's what we run into. It's like, yeah. she, she's calling because she wants veneers and whitening, and I'm thinking off the top of my head, well, I know none of that's covered anyway. So, why, you know, why are we hung up on that? But, you know, I have to be more diplomatic with my team because I get just, I want to just do it. But I think, you know, that initial contact, like you said, I, I saw a, a study and they took surveys from like a home, you know, like a home and garden show at like an expo center. And there was uh, someone taking these cards saying, hey, how, when are you thinking of remodeling your home? It was either like remodeling your home or finishing your basement, something like that. And it was like 85% of people said in the next 18 months, and they're at the home show where they're looking to buy stuff for their home. It was, it was a home remodeling show. So the oh, whole yeah. purpose of the show is remodel homes. So that's like an 18-month lead time. So it's like some of these, even if they're not ready for the implants or veneers, you get them in for a cleaning or a consultation, build some trust. You keep them in, you keep them nurtured, like you said, and they it gives you more time to build trust. And yeah, they're not all red hot right now, but you got to keep those things warm, and, uh, and they can just produce such great results for your practice. Oh, absolutely. And and then what's fun is once you once you get that piece secure, right? You're just increasing the number of those twenty five hundred dollar. Uh, I mean, it's not really a transaction, but when they walk through the door, essentially, that's what you can expect. Then you got to work on every piece that follows, all right? Well, what about when they do walk in, right? What is all of those other things that you can do to create that environment that is really patient-centric, that is going to not only increase the, the quantity of those uh, new patients, but also increasing the value by making sure that, your team is ultimately living up to what their potential is, which as far as we believe is no one is there. And so there's always uh, tremendous room. And I know there's a lot of, you know, I mean, if you watch the, the dental town boards, it is just employee complaint after a team member, you know, issue X, Y, and Z. And a lot of them I understand, but a lot of the stuff you see on there is unfortunately uh, the exact opposite of, believing that people have a higher potential than they exercise. So that's that's some of the fun that we get to we get to have. <laughs> it, it just turns into a it's like the, there's a there's a, a a Facebook dental page by me where everybody goes to find temp hygienists and temp assistants and I can't even go on there because it's just banter it's got to be the most negative and, thing. <laughs> yeah, and it, everybody on there complaining are people who are unemployed. I'm I'm just thinking there's a reason you're not employed. You're probably not very employable, or you're just looking for the wrong thing, and so they're complaining. And, and so I just can't. When we need to find someone, I'm like, okay, guys, you guys got to go on there. I can't. That's just a cesspool, you know. And yeah. uh, and 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 like you said, is it's really just kind of the mentality they have. But uh, but yeah, well, we we just have a few minutes here. What do you have any um anything else you want to say about maybe any 
trends you're seeing the last year or two? I know all of us want to blame everything on COVID, right? But a lot of it just is human yeah, nature. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, like you said, office manager turnover was the highest before we even knew what COVID was. Um, is are things changing? Is there trends, or is it really, like you said, still? Hey, look, ninety percent of people are still going to call you. They still have basic needs. They still have teeth. They still want to look good on their Zoom calls and their selfies and their family. Yeah, pictures. you know what's you know what's fascinating, and uh, it sounded like you got to experience this and. Uh, you know, <laughs> when, you know, March 14th happened, then we, whatever it was, June or July or August, whenever, depending on your state, that people were able to get back to work. Um, obviously, we saw a pretty significant dip in our uh, average call ratings for, you know, for the membership. Uh, people outside of membership were still hovering at like a one. Um, we've made some enhancements to where, uh, our team members who are going through our newer uh, process are actually getting higher ratings than ever, which is great to see. But what was fascinating is in that time back, the fact that people were locked down, the, path, the fact that people have been looking at themselves on Zoom cameras for however long they had to, and this still very much exists because people also have been saving at a much higher rate than they have in previous years. I mean, the the savings number for the average American I don't I don't know the exact number. I was listening to it yesterday, but it's drastically higher than it has been recently. So patients have money in the bank and they're tired of looking at their their self in the camera, to be honest with you. And so the, I would not imagine and it sounds a little off if you listen to any kind of, you know, misery loves company, but this is a fantastic time to be in dentistry. You know, it's like every time something bad happens, we come out the other side and turns out it's still great to be a dentist. And so I think that is just something that uh, we, we don't want to take for granted because obviously that's good for us because we help dentists, but people want the work more than ever. And, and they have the money, like you said. I, I and they have the money. It was, it was it like is. since the 1920s, this is the most money people have had in decades. And, you oh, know, absolutely. We, we keep joking with our patients. I'm like, you know, Mrs. Jones, I know you're so happy to be here because this is a legitimate excuse to leave your house, to come to the dentist. You know, it's a justifiable excuse to pull yourself out of self-quarantine or whatever. And, uh, and, yeah, and for the first I keep time. Yeah, I keep telling all my peeps here, I'm like, you know, if, if your practice can't make money right now, you got to do a serious self-assessment uh, because it's like, there, people are flush with money in, in a lot of ways right now, and there's so much, you know, government grants and everything else going out to try to yeah. bolster everything up. It's like it, it's out. The demand's out there. The money's out there. It's a, it's a great time. I agree 100. percent And I'll tell you, almost all of of our clients who are really actively working the things that that we've been trying to put in place, you know, it is record. If they haven't had a record-breaking month and new patients or collections between June of 2020 and today, that is a legitimate concern for me because I know for a fact that our people who are, who are doing the things or are serving their patients who are communicating appropriately have been really crushing it. And that's not the norm in the marketplace. And so if that's not you, then I definitely do think it's an opportunity to look and say, all right, well, what what do I need to do differently? Because no team member is going to go do it for you. Um, but I will say, you know, 
the first place a patient's going to get to interact, it's on the phones. And a lot of people just stopped answering the phones during that period of time. No. Yeah, it's like if you can't, if you can't, you know, if someone introduces you and you can't make a good impression on that first date over the phone, they're not going to get to the date to have dinner with you. That part's not even, not even going to get that far. And that's why a lot of practices, unfortunately, didn't open back up because they didn't pick mm. up. They didn't even pick up the phone to answer the patient's request. And so we have clients who are getting a hundred new patients because the person that they went to didn't pick up the phone for two months. All right. right. And and it's the things of making sure that the basics, which this is one of the basics, are always followed, right? It's like, I'm a football guy, I make football analogies, so it's the blocking and the tackling. It's the make sure you're accessible and then make sure you uh, provide a nice experience that's pleasant and easy to go through, right? And so um, I don't know if this is, if we're about to wrap up, but I do want to give an opportunity for anybody listening if they want to find out how they're doing today when it comes to that uh, we, we do have a it's a basically just a free assessment of the experience a patient gets when they try and reach out to you uh, we call it the five-star challenge dr. Williams what you were talking about uh, at the beginning with the CD that was probably because you took the five-star challenge at some point um, but if you just go to five-star challenge dot com forward slash x factor it'll give you an opportunity to get that complimentary analysis we'll send you out a package with all the information uh, and, and even even get a call to your office to see is there opportunity there or the good news of hey you're already doing a fantastic job so really a, a win-win to figure out do you have these what I like to call very expensive drops of water falling out of the pipeline of your business that's that's great. That's an incredible offer, Flint. And you know, I I, I uh, say this as you know someone who's benefited from this program. Um, I have no financial incentive to recommend this to anyone listening. But you're you're leaving. I can promise you, you're leaving money on the table, and you're missing out on some great team growth opportunities if you're not getting something like this five-star phone program going because just taking that assessment, it'll, it'll open your mind. You start listening to phone calls. Um, you know, I, I would recommend you record. Uh, there, there's phone systems that record your phone calls and just listening to those periodically. There's softwares now that'll transcribe it, all kinds of cool stuff, but it's benefited my practice tremendously. Um, Scheduling Institute, you know, to me is the authority for, for phones in the dental practice. So, uh, you know, if you have any comments, questions, reviews, we'd love for you to leave some feedback. Leave reviews on iTunes if you have a question. Um, we'll also, in the transcription of the notes, we'll put the link that Flint shared so you can go and, and check out Scheduling Institute and get your five-star uh, phone call set up. And uh, if you have other questions, you can post it to our blog as well. So, Flint, you were a wealth of knowledge. I took all kinds of notes here today, so we might just have to do another one in the future and, and cover some other interesting topics that uh, that, ske that Scheduling Institute specializes in. So thank you so much today. Yeah, my pleasure. I would love to. Awesome. Okay, well, we'll see you next time, and uh, thanks again for listening. For more tools and tips on how to create an X-Factor membership practice, visit yourpracticegrowth.com and subscribe to our free weekly email today.